Welcome back to the True Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, a show that's by sport PTs and for sport PT professionals. We're here to accelerate growth in your sports PT career while giving you the tools to provide your athletes with game-changing results. Here's your host, sports physical therapist and practice owner, Dr. Yoni Rosenblatt. Welcome back to the True Sports PT Podcast. We got Dr. Tim Mahan with us today. He is going to tell us all about the residency life and the residency world, the sports residency world. I'm going to break here just for a second and say to Tim Mahan, I want you to introduce yourself to these sports physical therapists that are listening to us. Tell us about a little bit about your career path and then see if you can hone in on some of your residency experience. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Yoni. Uh, excited, excited to be on today. Uh, my career has been, you know, fortunate in that I've had a lot of opportunities to work with a lot of different high-level athletes. Uh, I, I started as a resident myself coming out of PT school, and, and I did the sports residency at the University of Cincinnati. I uh, was full-time in the training room, worked primarily with football and then a little bit with, with the baseball team there. After that, I moved to Baltimore and was able to, to work with uh, our, our illustrious podcast host, at True Sports yeah. for a couple of years where, you know, got to experience some really good, high quality outpatient care as well as dabble a little bit in, in working in the training room at Morgan State University. Um, and then from True Sports, I moved down to North Carolina where I was a contractor for Exos with uh, Special Forces Psychological Operations at Fort Bragg. Uh, part of a really cool multidisciplinary program. We had PT, we had strength and conditioning, we had uh, uh, nutrition, dietitian, all in one facility with a great performance gym, great resources, really cool program uh, working with you know armed forces, uh, members of the armed forces, which was great. I left from there, stayed with the program, but moved to Fort Campbell, which is kind of on the Tennessee-Kentucky border, just outside of Nashville, really cool position there with third group. Um, that uh, unit was, or that, that program was a little bit bigger. So we also had a sports psych and uh, an athletic trainer that we worked with. And as well as I was one of four PTs. And then I, from there moved back to Cincinnati where I kind of revived the residency that had gone away, restarted that and had the opportunity to work with all of the sports teams at the university of Cincinnati. And then the most recent move, I left Cincinnati in uh, March of 2021 and moved out here to uh, the East Coast, back to the East, oh, yeah. where I, I took a job with Rutgers, uh, Rutgers University, working with the football team specifically. Pretty, so been around a lot. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and it's been so cool to, to see it grow and, and to see all the, the athletes that you've come in touch with and, and that you've really helped. I wanted to hone in on that residency um, piece because that's a question that I get a tremendous amount. Just being in the high level sports world that we are, I'll have a lot of new grads come in and say, you know, like I'd love to work, but I really want to do residency. And, and I'm not a residency graduate, although I, I refer to myself as a sports PT because I'm treating high-level athletes all day and every day. The first person who ever mentioned this concept of residency to me was Tim Mahan. Um, and so when I met you coming out of that residency at Cincinnati and I interviewed you, I was just amazed. I was amazed at what you knew. Um, I figured it was from that residency. Um, and I'm just like, holy cow, every residency just 
that's just your ticket to quick start to jumpstart your career. Um, and then I started to come into contact with, with other residencies and other residents. And I'm like, wait a minute, maybe it was more Tim than it was Cincy. So maybe I was wrong, but, but having run a residency program, tell me about who is the perfect person to go into a sports residency and who maybe is it not perfect for and should really just stay the course and, and find a different route. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a fantastic question and, and something that it's really important to consider because it's not something that you should just do You know, it, it's not like medicine where it, residency is just what you do after you graduate. Like PT is, is unique in that sense. So I'll kind of start with the perspective that I had as a, a, you know, in PT school at the time about to be new grad and then I can kind of pivot to the other side where I spent more time recently. So for me, I really, really wanted to work with high-level sports. And I knew coming out, you know, I had really good clinical affiliations, but nobody was going to hire me to be a, a sports PT with the experience I had. Mm-hmm. So residency was a no-brainer for me to get that experience and and learn how to work with those athletes. Mm-hmm. So at the time, and, and I think these numbers are accurate, I, there were 21 sports residencies. Okay. I applied to nine of them. I got interviews at seven. And I was ultimately offered a spot at two. And I, I had a choice to make. And the decision for me came down to which program was going to offer me the opportunity to get the most experience with high-level athletes. How was I going to get, and I I refer to this now, all the data points. How was I going to develop my collection of patients and cases to learn how to do that? And so the University of Cincinnati program provided me with that by being full-time in the athletic training room. I had a great opportunity to learn how to do it and a great faculty to learn from. And Bob Mangine and Joe Rausch, I learned a ton of things from two amazing sports physical therapists. And so that's awesome to know that that's what you were looking for. I give the similar advice on the grad school side when people say, which grad school um, do I need to go to? I say, you know, look at the faculty and see who they are. Are they mostly neuro? Well, that's probably more of a neuro school. And if you're interested in sports, maybe that's not the best for you. It seems like you did something similar in terms of like looking at the faculty, looking at the opportunity. Is it easy to see the as you look through sports residency programs how much interaction you're going to have with the athlete? How how would you say? Is it easy to see one and two? Is how can you tell if you're going to get great tutelage? So that's that's a great question and a perfect point to pivot to the other side of it because this is something that that I, I found myself answering a lot. For people. Um, so one, the benefits now, like the, the PTCAS or ABPTRFE, whatever the alphabet soup is, has a centralized location for all the programs. So it's a lot easier to find them now and go to their websites. Mm-hmm. Most of the programs have pretty good informative websites with like a mock schedule of, you know, this is the, the type of patient you'll be working with. This is when in your day you'll be doing it. And then the thing that I did, and I strongly still recommend to potential applicants, is reach out to the director. 
you know, go on the website, figure out who the director is and send them an email. Introduce yourself. Say you're interested in the program. Can we set up a phone call? And I found that that was very beneficial for me as an applicant. And it absolutely gave the applicants I was reviewing a leg up because it showed a couple things. It showed that you were serious about, like, it wasn't just a one-off, like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll apply to residency because that's what you do. It was, this is something that's important to me. It was an opportunity. Essentially, it's an interview. Like, you call it what it is. It's an interview. It's your opportunity to interact with the person who's going to be making the decision about who they're going to hire. So use it to your advantage. Sell yourself, but also show interest in what that program offers. And the, the last piece, and arguably the most important, is make sure that that program offers what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And this, I said blatantly to applicants all the time, like, I want to be transparent with you. This is what my program is going to be. This is what we're going to offer for you. If your career goals don't need that, you should probably look at a different program. Because in the, the, you know, the, the dog days of camp or in the middle of the season, if you don't really want to do this, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to do a good job, so we're not going to be happy. And if you leave, everything goes bad because you've wasted your time. We don't have anyone to do the job. I want to make sure I'm as transparent as possible about what the expectations are for my program. Sure. As an applicant, you need to understand what the program offers. It's as much an interview of that program and that's, you know, to your, your original question, I think I've tied it back in, how you really find out. Because they'll sell you with a flashy website and they'll say, we work with X team or, you know, we provide coverage. But standing there and watching someone provide coverage is different. Sure. And maybe that's, that's what you're looking for. Or working with a high school is different from working with a college. Or, you know, there's all sorts of different levels of involvement and make sure that the residency has what you want for your career, yeah. where you're looking to go. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think that is, that's awesome advice and it, it works for residencies. It works for, cause that's what I look for too, when I hire, right? Um, someone who's just dying to be there. That's the number one predictor of success at true sports is how excited are you to be there? It's, I'm sure it's the same thing with residency. How many, um, residency directors are responding to that? Like are we going to uh, respond to that email? You think in, in, so? And this was, you know, a while back when I was looking for it, I I heard back from everybody, and I know when I was in that position as a director, I, that was a priority for me. You know, you, you talk about like you're supposed to respond to an email within 24 hours or whatever. Like, if I got something about the residency, didn't matter what time, I pulled it up on my phone and I saw it. I was going to respond to that person right away. And I learned this from, from being in a fraternity, but recruitment is, is the lifeblood of anything. Like you need to always be selling what you have to bring in the top talent, to bring in the most qualified, the highest achievers. You've got to put on a good face. So if you take a week to get back to them, they don't feel, they don't get a warm and fuzzy about you. They don't feel confident in your interaction. Whereas, if I'm out for a walk at eight o'clock and you, you're sending me an email, I'm going to send you an email and I'm going to say, Hey, I'd love to talk to you. What's your schedule like? When can we get a phone call? Because I, and, and we were very successful in the time I was at Cincinnati. You know, our, our, our residents, uh, the first one is essentially running a practice in Texas. Wow. Um, 
where, you know, he's doing NBA draft training and NFL draft training and all sorts of cool things. The second one followed me up and is, you know, in the training room at Cincinnati. The third one is starting kind of a, a relationship at University of Alabama, Birmingham. And like, like all of the people that we brought in were very motivated, very talented, and have, are, are doing good things in the sports PT world which I think is a direct reflection of, you know, how, how appealing we were able to make the program. That's really, yeah, that is, that's really awesome. And that speaks volumes. It's, it's one of the reasons I love talking about how successful you are because it means, right? Like we did something right at true sports. Um, and that's, that's really the hallmark of an outstanding program. So kudos to you for creating that. Now, when, what is it that, because you get paid as a part of residency, right? What, yeah. About what percentage is that of an expected starting salary um, in an outpatient clinic? So, so that's a great question. And unfortunately, I'm a little out of touch with those numbers. So I'll, I'll kind of speak generally sure. from what I, I remember from a couple of years ago when I was really in the nitty gritty with this. Uh, typically, it varies. Um, you'll see some programs as low as like 50% of a salary. And some programs as high as 100%. This is what they would be paying, you know, a, a new grad in their facility. Oh, wow. And then you'll see all sorts of different commitments. Some it's, you know, when you're done, you're done. You can walk away. Some it's, you know, you're kind of incentivized to stay. And some you're, you're like in a contract. It's like, yeah, we're going to commit this to you. You'll get a full salary, but you're then going to work for us for two years afterwards. So we're going to kind of recoup some of the cost. Yeah on that side of things. Um, I would say majority of the programs, again, at least a couple years ago when I was really in tune with this, were in the uh, like 60 to 80% of a, a clinician salary. Okay. And when what is your ideal um, applicant? I think you told us how they stand out, but who's perfect for uh, Rutgers or Cincinnati at the time? Yeah. Um, so, so fortunately, I should give a little bit of a plug. I, I'm currently on faculty with the uh, NovaCare Philadelphia Sports Residency, which uh, I'm really excited about. It, it's a program, you know, in its infancy, kind of like the Cincinnati program was when I started. But our resident gets to do all sorts of cool things. They spend a month with me in, in the training room at Rutgers. What could be cooler? They spend, right? They spend time with the Philadelphia 76ers. They spend time with the Philadelphia Phillies down in Florida. They spend time with Temple University in their athletic training room. So it's it's a great program to see a, a big variety of really high-level athletes. But when I'm evaluating a candidate, you know, what I'm looking for, everyone, like if, if you submitted an application, you probably have checked the boxes in terms of what what you need on paper. You know, good clinical experience. Uh, you know, a, a broad exposure to different types of sports, you know, observation experience, volunteer experience, you know, potentially you had mentioned kind of strength and conditioning things, the CSCS, uh, you know, continuing education things. And I don't think there's one recipe for that. And there's not like a make or break thing. Like yeah. people ask all the time about the CSCS. It's not like an absolute yes or an absolute no. But it, it adds to the picture of who you are, how you have approached your learning, and what you've done up to that point. 
But like I started with, most people have, they hit the, the minimum with that. I'll say it's not like I'm going to make a decision on this person because they took 10 con ed courses while they were in PT school. Yep. Like you, you got to hit the minimum threshold, but it's not like you get bonus points after that. So the next piece for me is the, the dedication, the desire. Um, and, and you, you nailed it. Uh, I've, I've always felt that when interviewing, I need to show them how excited I am about the opportunity. So if I'm interviewing someone and they're not showing me how excited they are to be with me, you know, one of the big things I have the, the fortune of working for coach Shiano here at Rutgers and I've learned a ton from him, but he he's been saying recently, don't ignore the signs. Hmm. You know, if they're not excited to be part of the interview, what makes you think they're going to be excited to show up to work? I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to even ask you to break it down further. How do I show you, Tim, that I'm excited to be there? So I think the big thing is what, what did you have on paper? Because mm-hmm. that's going to show me how dedicated you are to, to learning. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're excited about getting better, then you're excited about what you do. You're going to be a good fit. Yeah. I think, you know, in passion and engagement and the, the ability to, to express excitement. And one of the best people I've ever interviewed was super nervous. But in that, I saw in him the excitement. Like he was nervous because of how excited he was for the opportunity. Yeah. And now, sometimes there's nervousness, which can be a bad thing. So I'm not trying to advocate to be nervous in an interview or anything. But you can see that if you can come across genuine and you truly care, people will see that. I love it. Um, I think that's totally true. It's, I would, I would like, I look at body language, right? Like, are they, are they coming forward or are they sitting here? Right. Are they smiling and engaging or are they stone faced and reserved? It, it was very hard for me to interview during COVID, like to, to have that mask on, I think made it very hard, but it's, and you couldn't take them to birds of a feather. That's exactly right. Great Scotch bar, Fells Point. I don't even know if it's still there. Also, I started drinking a lot more vodka. Don't hate me, Tim. Uh, I was actually, I, you're going to kill me. I was in Baltimore back in uh, March, maybe. Mm-hmm. I came down. You just hang out with Tyler? What were you doing? Uh, no, I stayed at the Admiral Fell Inn right there. And, <laughs> yes, I know um, where it is. No, it was Emily and I went, and we, you know, just did a weekend to kind of. I showed her true sports. I did a. a well, that's a reason. Why else are you coming to Baltimore? <laughs> I love it. So that to come back to the excitement thing, it's <laughs> it is it's unbelievable how important it is. You you touched on this previously, which is it doesn't matter as much what kind of load you're giving them or what kind of manipulation you're giving them. It's like, can you show them you care? Um, and if you can show them you care, that's what it's about. Your description of who you're looking for, for residency, I, I think is, you know, it's the same thing. We, you know, we're looking for the same candidates, but just from a standard business operation is what we're looking for is how excited are you to be there? And then one other thing I would add is, um, I look for an email follow up, a te- like, Hey, thanks for your time. Um, can't wait to hear from you. Do you put any stock in that? Absolutely. Oh, I you thought you were going to say absolutely little, not. Don't no, email. It's a little thing. Yeah. But it, it shows, again, it shows that you care and you're committed. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's good. And then the last piece, kind of like the three things that I look for, is personality. 
you know, especially in the setting I work in, you're going to spend a ton of time together. So you, you've got to have that connection, that fit that could, you know, could we hang out? You know, some people call it the, like, you know, get a beer test or whatever. Like, could, could we hang out in a setting like that? Yeah, I love it. Um, uh, la- one last softball for you. What should they wear to that interview? Oh, a suit. A suit. Hold on. You're Absolutely. walking them. Th- what are you going to be wearing? That quarter zip? Yeah, I, I wear my, my polo with my quarter zip. It's a very professional look. It is a very professional look. Um, we won't talk about your shoes from earlier today. But the so you want them in a suit. Did you wear a suit to True Sports when you interviewed? 100% I did. You I did? showed up in a boot and crutches oh, in a suit. You did? Yeah. You, How is that not memorable? Damn it. You stud. That's right. You did do that. Um, okay, you want them wearing a suit. I want. To, I am totally fine with them wearing a suit to a job interview at True Sports. Just make sure that whatever you're wearing fits you, that you're put together, right? Um, don't wear the khakis and polo. Please. We're past that as a profession. So I think it's suit or I think it's button-down and slacks. I think you can't go wrong. Um, because after all, we're talking to a diverse audience and we want them, you know, we got to give them the whole picture. We got to give them the whole picture. Um, Tim, this is super valuable information. Um, like I said, you were, you were really eye opening to me as a residency grad. I think your advice helps protect, um, some of what I see, which is, um, people who have graduated residencies that, that sometimes weren't great residents or they didn't choose the right residency for them. And I think you can really clarify that. And I think when you put that go-getter personality like that, that you were and that you just described with a residency that matches you and you've got to do that due diligence, that's what I just took away from listening to you, you can jumpstart your career really rapidly. Um, so, so I think that's all really well said. I want to thank you tremendously for your time. I think you were super valuable to our audience. Um, and I, I think there, there's plenty more to come. I would love to bring you back on and talk a little bit more clinically because I think you, it's such a wealth of knowledge that you have. Um, yeah. Anything you want to share with, with uh, future residents or, or future sports PTs before we say adios? No, well, I, I think you touched on it there is, is what residency can provide for you. Um, and I think, you know, a well-run residency that's focused on the resident and not on what can I get from a, a like a, an employee. I don't have to pay as much and, and trying to do it that way. But if you're really focused on developing them in the mentorship model, de- like developing your, your data points, all of your cases and learning how to recognize patterns, that's the stuff that normal clinicians, it takes you years to, to develop that. But in a well-run structured program with the right opportunities, you can really accelerate that pattern recognition kind of expert level of thought process. I love it. I love it. Um, and, it, you know, it's no wonder that your students speak so highly of you. I did have to tell one of them how oh. athletic you are. I don't know why oh, that yeah. was – they questioned that. <laughs> um, but you remember what you were most known for in the true sports therapeutic exercise folklore? 
Oh, uh, the bee skip. You're, it's the best bee skip. It's the best bee skip in the world. So thanks for sharing your bee skip. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. Uh, this is a podcast that is all about the sports PT. You want to hear more about something? You want to hear less about something? Let us know. Pod, P-O-D, at truesportspt.com. We also have a lot of continuing education um, from True Sports Physical Therapy about to be launched. So, Tim, look out for that. Um, but if you want to get on our email list, just shoot us a quick email, uh, or you can find out everything that's going on at truesportspt.com. Tim, thanks again so much. We look forward to hearing from you soon. (laughs) Thanks, Yoni. Thanks for listening to the True Sports Physical Therapy Podcast. If you'd like more information on today's episode, please visit us online at truesportspt.com. That's truesportspt.com. True Sports what sports rehab should be.